Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to episode 105 of the Talking Bars podcast. Ben Fadden, your host here. Thanks for joining on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening or watching to this episode. I appreciate it. Let's get to the topic for today. Should the Padres be interested in Austin Meadows? It was reported by Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, uh, according to MLBTradeRumors.com, that Austin Meadows, outfielder for the Tampa Bay Rays, could be available in trade, along with Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, Topkin said, quote, most likely to go into trade, end quote, uh, is Meadows or Kiermaier. Kiermaier is the center fielder for the Rays. He's obviously not really as much of an option, I think, logically, as Austin Meadows would be. Kiermaier is a center fielder. Like I just mentioned, his contract is pretty expensive. He's a glove-first center fielder, which the Padres already went through with Manuel Margot. They already have a gold-glove center fielder in Trent Grisham, so he doesn't really seem like a fit. What they need is a corner outfielder, a DH, That's kind of what Austin Meadows can do. Meadows can play left. He can play right field. He can DH as well. I'm sure he could probably play center if they, you know, had to put him out there. He was a top prospect in the Pittsburgh system before he was sent over to Tampa Bay in the Chris Archer deal. He had a down 2020 season, but then bounced back in 2021. So when this lockout is over, Obviously, we don't know when that is. Uh, You can look at episode 104, listen or watch that to hear my thoughts on the most recent CBA reports that have come out. Um, It doesn't seem like those discussions are going well, and so we just don't know when that lockout is going to end. But when it does end, 
AJ Preller is going to have some work to do in terms of getting a DH, getting Smellfield help. So it is a question to ask now that it seems like Meadows could be a, a candidate that will be traded after the lockout. Should he fit on the Padres or should the Padres just go after him? I think that they should if things don't go well or the way that they plan on them going in the Castellanos, the Chris Bryant, the Seiya Suzuki uh, sweepstakes, you know, Nelson Cruz, those sweepstakes. Um, you'd think that they'd bring back Tommy Pham to be a fourth outfielder. So as it pertains to sh- if the Padres should r- try to target and trade for Austin Meadows, they should be doing it if they want him to be the third outfielder, if they want him to be that left fielder or right fielder, not if they want him to be the fourth outfielder. I don't know if you want to do that when you can just use like Nomar Mazzara, who you signed to a minor league contract, or someone else uh, who might be more of a bat first outfielder um, than, you know, give up prospect capital uh, for an Austin Meadows deal. So I'm going under the assumption that they'd want to do this as a starting outfield role for Meadows. And I think that it would, I think that they should consider it and have conversations with the Rays about it, but it should not be their first, second, or third option. And I'll get into why. Um, But first, like I mentioned, he can play left center. He's 27 years old. So still probably like right in the middle of his prime good thing about him the positives he has three years of control left like I mentioned he's under 30 um he's only owed four million dollars according to spot track in 2022 uh and then he has arbitration the rest of his you know those next two years 2023 2024 so it doesn't seem like he'd be too expensive he is coming off pretty good year after a down 2020 season um the concerns, so those are kind of the positives. He had 27 home runs, I believe, uh, in 2021. He's projected, according to baseball reference, to hit another 20-plus home runs in 2022. So he does provide more pop than someone like Tommy Pham or like Will Myers, who hit like 17 home runs last year. Um, but with that said, when you look at the trends for him, he's more of like a streaky hitter. That kind of starts my concerns for Meadows, which I'll get into now. Um, getting to that streaky part, you know, I mentioned that he hits he hit 27 home runs last year. Ten of those home runs that he hit were like in a one-month stretch, like in the middle of the season between the beginning of May um, and the start of June. So he got really hot during that month, and maybe that'll be good for the Padres if he if he does become a Padre and he gets hot like that. But do remember that Tommy Pham last year, if I remember correctly, he did start off bad and then he got hot for like a month. And Padre fans, me included, were like, oh, wow, this is the Tommy Pham that we wanted. And that's why we gave up Renfro. And then he kind of went back down to being Tommy Pham uh, and struggled a little bit with that, kind of like he did the majority of his Padres tenure. Now we don't know if that tenure will continue after the lockout's over and they decide to bring him back on a one-year deal or whatever, he has said that he's open to that. Um, so my point there with the streakiness is I think the Padres should be going after, obviously, Castellanos or Bryant or Suzuki, someone who seems like they'd be more consistent than Meadows 
you know, has been. Um, someone with a cleaner injury history. Uh, just more of a pure outfielder. Um, he made contact, Meadows did, in 2021 on less than 38%. Uh, of his of the balls that were put in play by Meadows, so 38% of his in play uh, pl- uh, bats that are plays that he made contact with 38% less than 38% of those were considered hard hit. So in terms of the power, which is what the Padres need, um, you'd like someone that hits the ball harder uh, more frequently than Meadows, at least. Than what he did last year, um, so that's kind of a reason of concern uh, to add to the streakiness. And another big thing, I know that this isn't like concrete stats, but I would be concerned that of the team that the Padres are dealing with here, they are dealing with the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, and the Tampa Bay Rays do have a history of getting rid of guys and just bringing up their minor league talent or signing guys to one or two year deals that end up working out really well. And so my, like with the Rays, they get rid of guys before they really hit that down slope. Um, This is the team. Let me remind you that got rid of Chris Archer, who was one of the best kind of like young pitchers in the game. And then he ended up falling off a cliff in Pittsburgh. This is the same Rays team that in that trade, they got back Austin Meadows, who ended up having great years with the Rays and helping them go to the playoffs. So they make deals at the right time. And yes, Padres got Jake Cronenworth and they probably, it seems like they've won that trade because of what Jake Cronenworth is all-star infielder and even though it was supposed to be the Tommy Pham trade for the Padres they still got Jake Cronenworth back and Cronenworth is an all-star and a top three hitter on their team now on the Padres team so it seems like while they won that deal the main player that the Padres are supposed to get back that was supposed to impact their team the most was Pham and he didn't really do that you know that didn't really happen so for the race point of view in terms of Tommy Pham being the most notable player going to the Padres and them getting rid of him, they won that aspect of the trade. So they're a smart team, Eric Neander, president of baseball ops there. Uh, They've seen, you know, Pine Bloom went to the Red Sox. They've had a lot of assistants go elsewhere. Uh, James Click went to Houston. So they're a smart front office. This is the same organization, um, you know, that, as you know, they let go of Blake Snell, and Blake Snell had a up and down season with the Padres last year. You know, they traded Emilio Pagan. That hasn't really quite worked out like the Padres envisioned. Again, there's still an opportunity for that to improve, but that hasn't really worked out as planned. Um, what other trades? You know, there's other trades that come to mind. Um, you know. Evan Longoria is another deal, you know, that comes off my head, you know, him being traded to the San Francisco Giants and then the San Francisco Giants, that deal hasn't really worked out great for them. You know, Longoria hasn't really stayed healthy. He had a pretty good year last year. You know, he was part of that playoff team that exceeded expectations, but at the same time, he hasn't, he wasn't, he hasn't been the player that 
he was with Tampa in his prime. Uh, so that's another deal. Um, like I mentioned, fam. So my point is I'd be really, 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 really uh, careful with who I'd be dealing with here in this in this trade. You know, Tampa is smart. They're probably the smartest with the Dodgers, the smartest front offices in the league. And so if they're willing and most likely to trade Meadows, there has to be a reason why they're not going to trade him. Like you're not seeing them looking to trade Randy Rosarena, right? Or a Wander Franco. I know they just signed him to an extension, but let's say a, a Rosarena. They're not looking to trade him. So they're, they're, they're seeing, they're expecting that his performance is going to keep improving and getting better. But they're looking to part with Meadows when he still has three years left to control. So maybe they're seeing, you know, with the hard contact rate going, hard hit rate going down. Uh, the batting average hasn't been high. It was like less than 250, which isn't rare, you know, nowadays. But you still would like the average to be higher. Seeing those numbers, those trends going down a little bit. I think he's had an oblique injury. Um, so they're seeing things, I think, that other organizations might not be too closely looking at. So I would be careful, at, you know, dealing with them. And that would be a concern for me. Um, so those are the concerns. There are positives, you know, the power numbers. He is he's an okay defender, um, but in terms of the Padres' interest level, I don't think that it would be smart for them to have Meadows at the top of their list in outfield candidates to go after. Um, because one, I don't think they should be making a trade for an outfielder. Uh, I think it should be in free agency because they shouldn't be trying to even give up any of their top prospects. This is, he's not a prospect you give up Mackenzie Gore for, for example, or even Camprisano, for example. Um, I, I like the fact that he can DH, but I think if you're going to use him, if you're going to acquire him, he's not going to be your DH. He should be in a position where he's playing the outfield. The DH for the Padres at least next year, I think, should be a Nelson Cruz. I know I'm not going on a limb when I'm saying that, but it should be someone that has more power. I think someone that can hit more like 30 home runs, someone that is more strictly a DH, and you use that last outfield position on someone that can have power, ideally can have power, and is a pretty good outfield. Suzuki's one of those guys. Bryant's one of those guys, in my opinion. I'd be more interested in those two guys than Castellanos. Um, well, maybe Castellanos a little bit in front of Suzuki, but I'd be Bryant would be my number one because of his versatility as well. He can also DH if that's an option that you want to go down that road. Um, so I think Meadows is an option, but I don't think they should be do doing trades for outfielders. I think having a one-year deal to bring back FAM could work. You know, seeing what Nomar Mazzara can do in spring training, however long that will be. Manfred thinks it should be four weeks. He's a minor league invite, so maybe see if you have some lightning in a bottle there. He has had some power history. Average isn't his thing, but it's kind of like Meadows. Power is, has been there. So we'll see about him. Um, I think free agency is the route to go, though. So 
answering the question, should the Padres have interest in Meadows? Yes, but as a backup to the backup plan, if that makes sense. So give us your take, social media at Talking Friders, uh, in the comments section on YouTube. Thank you for listening and watching. This was a short episode. We'll come back. I have an interview scheduled with a former Padre this week, so stay tuned for that. Shorter episode. Um, isn't a whole lot to talk about right now because of the lockout, but I did want to just bring this option up and kind of create some talk about if you're interested in Meadows or not. Thanks for listening and watching. Keep, I'll keep you updated on the CBA lockout stuff. Hope you're enjoying. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Till next time, let's go Padres. Have a good one. See ya.